I was thinking back, Mike, to my time growing up watching my first taste of junior hockey. Before we get to that, it's the Farwell and Pope podcast. Thanks for oh, listening. Uh, available on 570news.com, the podcast app, iTunes, and all your pod catchers, or available on Twitter. At Farwell underscore OHL. And at underscore Chris Pope, available every Friday. So I was thinking back, and I grew up in Palmerston, Ontario. Palmerston. Palmerston. Okay. And although, as the saying goes, friends don't let friends go to LDSS. Listowel District, District Secondary yeah, School? We yeah. made our way over to Listowel a few times. Uh, sorry, Listowel a few times. And uh, when we did, it was for the most part to watch friends of ours play for the Listowel Cyclones. And one of those friends of mine was a former kitchen arranger as well. I've talked about him numerous times, Nick Spalling. He played a year in Listowel with his older brother, Nathan, who was my best friend. So, and it was the year they won their very first Cherry Cup and only Cherry Cup up until last year. And I remember they upset Kitchener in the second round second round and they upset Stratford in the final I believe I believe that's how it went the Cullies not the Warriors that's right the back Cullies, in the day yeah. they were still Cullies they yeah. were yeah and uh, we we used to go and it was such a big ordeal in Listowel that if you were not there and I'm not being sarcastic I'm not overstretching if you were not there three hours before puck drop you were not getting in there was a lineup from outside the arena door in Listowel, the old arena, to the road. And people would just sit there and wait. It got so bad that we'd be waiting for so long outside that they set up a hot dog stand to allow people to go there and eat dinner. I remember I didn't have any money. I just asked for sauerkraut. I had like a quarter, I think. And they gave me a a cup full of sauerkraut. That was my dinner that night. That's disgusting. Because I wanted to get to the rink to make it there in time. But the hot dog cart itself is brilliant business. Isn't it? It's phenomenal. So smart. Um, And we would get in there, and there were numerous times where we'd watch an entire hockey game, full barn, for these little Adam kids, ahead of a Listowel Cyclones playoff game. That is the kind of community Listowel and Palmerston is and surrounding area. That it their first cherry cup, it was absolute lunacy in there. I think we just should send this podcast to David Branch and say we have the solution to your problems in Mississauga. <laughs> just relocate relocate the team to Miss uh, to Listowel. Listowel, yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, you could list, you could you could relocate that that team to any really Midwestern Junior B team or city. You'd be fine. Stratford, you'd cruise if they had a winner. <laughs> and if you call the Cullitans. Yeah. <laughs> the Mississauga Cullitans. Yeah. Got a nice ring to it. Uh, Thorold eventually came in in the Sutherland Cup, though, and spanked them real bad. One of our good friends was on that Thorold team, and uh, I think he went. He had been cut from our guest's Guelph Storm that season and sent down to Junior B. and uh, Or maybe it was, the, it was the year after, I think, that he was cut. But anyway, he, it was the year after. So he, he got sent down to Junior B to Thorold, his hometown, and uh, he went off in his first trip to Listowel and scored four goals. And one, the fourth, I believe, was on a breakaway. He goes, roof daddy, snipe, stops and points up to our guest who was watching the game. It's funny that you talk about our guest's Guelph Storm team, which is, of course, where I first encountered our guest. And my big city, as if you can call Kitchener a big city, roots will show here, though, because... When I began broadcasting OHL hockey in Guelph, that was as small a city as I had worked from. So I didn't know anything about our guest's 
hometown other than its name. I'm like, oh, Listowel. Okay, that's a place, I guess. I'm just glad you didn't call it Listowel. I, I knew enough not to do that, or maybe I had heard enough not to do yeah. that. But yeah, like I, I guess growing up in the region of Waterloo, obviously when I was going to games as a kid, they were Kitchener Rangers games, and right. Brian Bellows was on the ice. That's <laughs> kind of the Al McKinnis was around, some guy named Scott Stevens. I mean, I I could yeah. list a few, right? But it was just I just had no real concept of uh, and and the the team below the Kitchener Rangers I would watch back then were the Kitchener Green Shirts, who don't even exist anymore. It wasn't even right. the, the Dutchies back then. Anyway, uh, I, I, will, I will show my, uh, my snobbish, big city, big Kitchener city roots in this uh, conversation. You were spoiled, is what you were saying. I will not deny that for one second, not only with my mother's chocolate chip cookies, but well beyond <laughs> that as well. My first run-in with our guest, who I think we could say is Jason Brooks, yep. uh, formerly of the Ottawa 67s and the London Knights. The who? The Ottawa 67s and the London Knights. Gotcha. And then went on to coach as an assistant in the, or for the Guelph Storm, then an associate, then GM slash head coach in Guelph, and then Niagara, and now settles in Listowel as the head coach of the Cyclones. I, I first ran into Brooksy when I was playing in Guelph and practicing at times at the Storm and uh, got to go up for dinner a few times with Brooksy through a mutual connection. And I, I think some of the seriousness that he talks about from a certain coach he played for bled down into Brooksy's genes and his coaching styles back in the day. I was, uh, I think when I look back now, I was pretty spoiled. Uh, Dave Barr was, believe it or not, a really personable guy. He didn't give that impression. I don't think if you didn't no. know him, but he and I got along famously media head coach. Then of course, and Brooksy was there through the Dave Barr era, or at least a part of it. I, I get fuzzy with the years, but then of course becomes, as you mentioned, the head coach. And he and I got along famously. And then they say, "Hey, Farwell, you're going to move to Kitchener." There's this guy Pete DeBoer. <laughs> Have I mentioned yet that I'm still afraid of Pete DeBoer? He's such a personable character. <laughs> anyway, so I, I was honestly, when I look back, you want to talk about spoiled again? I was spoiled with my entry to the league. My Sean Camp was still the head yeah. coach in Guelph when I got there, and. Oh, man, I could tell stories about Sean, too. And, and Nice guy. I, I'll tell you the quick story is he's now with the University of Guelph Griffins. I had not seen Campy in, I don't know, 10 years easy, if not more. And I'm at a uh, University of Waterloo Warriors Guelph Griffins playoff game where the Griffs were up like 3 nothing, maybe 4 nothing. Anyway, Waterloo comes back and beats them. So how upset is the coach going to be? But I haven't seen Campy in forever yeah so i just walk onto the bus like i own the place sean i just want to say hi i haven't seen you and he could not have been more gracious to me so i'm surprised he just did literally kick you off the bus exactly get like, out get, of here go away yeah. this is not the right time but he was great so anyway there you go well, spoiled that's, that's great oh yeah. Uh, yeah and so we're so we're the storm for the coaches those days that's absolutely camp true. bar brooks that's pretty not bad not bad at all but a good reminder now, better time than any, we're talking about all this. Lots of great playoff hockey going on around our region between the Dutchmen, the Siskins, the Cyclones, the Cullitans, the Air Centennials, the New Hamburg Firebirds, and of course, upcoming, your Kitchener Rangers. Yeah, there's uh, no shortage of hockey in the community at this time of year, and it's, uh, it's a great time. It's a, it's a great sports community from the region of Waterloo and, and beyond into where our guest now toils behind the bench. Let's just get to it. Let's do it. Jason Brooks. 
Mike, after you. Oh, look, you know, let me, you know, do you want me to start? No, it's fine. Okay. Uh, Because I've been giving this a lot of thought ever since you mentioned that, you know, it was the Jason Brooks we're Mm -hmm. talking to. And there are so many great hockey stories to talk about and so many uh, coaches and teams that you're associated with in the Ontario Hockey League that we could talk about. But I I think I got to start with just how you feeling. How's life right now, Brooksy? Life is good. Um, You know, just go day to day on on things with my, my head. I mean, there's not much I can control with it, right? At the end of the day, the tumor is what it is, and it's it's going to grow on its own timetable, and I'll just deal with it at that time. From a healthy perspective outside of that, you know, I'm doing fine. Um, your usual ailments as you get older, Mike, I'm sure you know. Um, <laughs> sure do. The, the aches and pains you deal with. Um, but, yeah, besides that, I, I'm fine. I'm able to go to the rink every day and, and do what I do and still able to coach the kids and help my family and and uh, do my household duties at home with my wife, Jessica, and that. So, I mean, doing okay, Mike. Thanks for asking. J- Jessica and the kids aren't giving you a, a break? They're not doing those chores for you? No, they, <laughs> they, they don't, especially at playoff time. I think my wife does it to keep me grounded. I She, she puts me to work pretty good, so... You mentioned playoff time, obviously, in the hunt for another Cherry Cup. Uh, how's the how's the team looking? How are you feeling? I feel pretty good about our team right now. We've had a good start to the playoffs. We're up 3-0 there with Guelph. I've played some pretty good hockey against them. Um, but the one thing with the GOJHL uh, Midwestern Conference is there's so many good teams. I mean, if we're fortunate enough to get through this round against Guelph and move on, and whoever we face, if it's Waterloo or Kitchener, I mean, you're going to face a good team. And that's not to say those other series with Elmira and Stratford and Brantford and Brampton respectfully aren't going to continue to go. But I believe our next opponent is going to be either Kitchener or Waterloo. And we know we're going to be, you know, in a real tough series with them if we get by golf. As if the franchise record for Cyclones wins in a season last year wasn't enough. You had to go and top it this year. And uh, I, I think back to... It feels like forever ago. You talk about getting old, but how long ago it was we were there in Guelph together with you behind that storm bench. And uh, I wonder, Jason, since that time, how you feel you've evolved as a coach. Are you the same coach today as you were back in the uh, early 2000s? No, no, I've I've learned and grown. I mean, that's the one beauty about coaching is you can learn so much from anybody. And, you know, getting fired in Guelph that year and was very disappointing for me, obviously, and, and the first time having to experience something like that was a bit of a challenge. But to, to land on my feet in Niagara with Marty Williamson and to take what I had learned in golf from the great people I'd worked with, Jeff Jackson, Sean Camp, Dave Barr, and to all the assistants that were there as well with me during those times, to learn from them, see how we did things in golf, and then go to Niagara, work with Marty, see things on a, on a different scale, a different level, and, and different mindset through different eyes, I was able to take all that information, come back to Listowel, be more relaxed, not worrying about necessarily being fired like I was in Guelph, right? In the end, it was pretty stressful. And this this time around, I've just enjoyed it. You know, I'm in my hometown coaching junior hockey. You know, I know it's not the OHL, but I think we play pretty darn good hockey and it's a great group to be with. And, you know, it's a lot of fun here. You talk about those coaches you worked with. What about the one you played for in Ottawa when you were a 67? Tell us a little bit about Brian Kilray and what it was like playing for that legend. Well, truth be told, I was scared to death of playing for Coach Kilray. I mean, he's an intimidating man, um, especially as a kid from small-town Ontario. You go there and 
you read the history and you see what he's done and and what have you um it was it was pretty surreal being there with him um the biggest thing i learned though from from brian was accountability um do your job do it to the best of your ability um you know if you weren't a goal scorer he didn't care he wanted you just to do your job get the puck out get the puck in uh, take a hit to make a play if you needed to fight for a teammate you did it um he was very much that type of coach and again when you have that cachet that he had winning and the longevity that he had in Ottawa I mean instant respect obviously and you try to absorb as much as you could Jason it seems everybody who we talked to who played for killer or or knew killer or knows killer has a killer story is there one that stands out to you yes but I can't say it on the air (laughs) (laughs) all I can say is he used to say a speech to our defenseman and there was three lines to it and I think if you talk to a former 67 to play for Brian they'd know the exact line I mean, as a rookie hearing it for the first time, I had to kind of cover my face so I didn't get caught laughing um, and get in trouble. But he used to scream at them, you have three options, high off the glass, something, something. I was going to ask yeah. if it had something to do with the glass. I think I've heard this story somewhere yeah. along the line. Yeah, I think we have. <laughs> yeah, so you hear that one and you're just kind of like, yeah, that's a killer. <laughs> How intimidating was it coming into the league as, as a rookie and walking into that kind of speech? You know, quite honestly, the whole thing was intimidating. And, and knowing now, well, I wish I could have known back then um, how to deal with it as a player going in. Um, Brian himself being intimidating. But stepping on the ice, like you step on the ice with Mike Pekka, and you're going, you're just drafted by Vancouver. Like they're talking about you potentially making the Canucks, right? And you're you're thinking you got a guy like that. Kurt Bowen was our captain that year. He was making the World Junior Team. Like you start hearing about all these guys, and you're going, like if I came from Lustlow, yeah. right? Like I played junior B in Lustlow, and I, you think I can play with these guys? Like it took a long time to have that belief and confidence that I could do it and do it at that level. You mentioned the chance you have now, obviously, Jason, to coach in your hometown. You just talked about having played for the Lustlow Cyclones, your hometown team. Uh, how much a part of your life was hockey as you grew up in Lustlow? Well, it's a huge part. Whether it was playing minor hockey in town and coming to the B games and wanting to be a cyclone, watching those guys play, to playing junior B and then wanting to have that chance to, to make it to another level to say, you know, I came out of this program and let's look and develop good hockey players. And I, I always wanted to be one of those guys. I mean, my coaches in minor hockey were a huge influence on me. My teammates, obviously my friends are still friends to this day. And I mean, that's, that's the best part about playing hockey in your hometown is, is your friends growing up and, and doing it together. I read somewhere that your favorite cyclone growing up was Dan Gardner. Why? You know, when you're a kid, you kind of just gravitate to, to certain types of players. And Dan was the star for the team that year. And Captain uh physical, fight, he'd score. You know, he was just kind of that jack-of-all-trades. I think he even had a Wendell Clark mustache. So I probably <laughs> love the fact that he had the, the dirty duster to go with it. But, um you know what, just guys like that, when you're a young kid, they, they grab, your, grab your attention, and, and he was one of them. Growing up in Palmerston, I know that even people in Palmerston, to play for the Sykes, it's a big deal around that area. Being able to put on that jersey for the first time, do you remember it? Yeah, I do, actually. I was uh, playing an exhibition game against Kitchener, and I got to put it on in that game, and it was something special. At the time, it was a similar symbol to what the minor hockey teams had had, but you changed the C to a B with a stick. 
when I first played. And, and that meant something. It meant something like I had graduated and that, that dream had been realized to, to play junior hockey and that, you know, one of my goals that I could check off kind of thing. So it was very special. All the talk coming into this year, of course, was about the new barn. Uh, do you miss the old one at all? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'd, I'd be lying if I said yes. I mean, I miss the history. Sure. I miss, I miss everything about that. I miss looking back on last year and reminiscing on what we accomplished last year. But to be up in the new Steve Kerr Memorial is, is pretty special. I mean, it's a beautiful facility. We have a great dressing room. Um, you know, it, it's very professional for a junior B team. It's, it's unbelievable. And for, for players to recruit players to just come to the arena, like I said, nine o'clock we practice and I'm coming to the rink and I want to come here. I want to go into the office and sit and talk and, you know, see the guys in the room and just be in this environment. It's just so much nicer. If anyone is listening and they haven't seen the Cyclones room, go on to Twitter and do a Google search because it is outstanding stuff. They did a really good job, Brooksy. They they did an amazing job. It, it's 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 as nice of a room as I've seen, and I mean I've been fortunate to have seen a few rooms through the OHL tours, and I mean these guys did a great job here. Now, sorry, just when you went when you went home to Listowel after Niagara, you didn't just jump right into the junior B ranks. You coached an Adam team. Was was that more challenging or less challenging than major junior or junior B? You know what it was it was it was more challenging to some degree um, because you're dealing not just with players you're dealing with parents. Um, but it, I had a belief. I, I for some reason I thought I could come back and coach an Adam team. I'm going to teach him the same stuff we coach in junior. I'm going to run the same type of drills. <laughs> um, and and the, the joke is they did it. Wow. They did it, and they played great hockey. Now, did we do it exactly the same? No, but the same principles and theories were there. And they were a great group, and to this day, I still do lessons with a bunch of them that were on that team. Um, I'm in contact with them. This group still gets together at Christmas time. Every Christmas now, have a little scrimmage, and the parents get together. That Adam team had played, you know, Adam, then one, and Pee Wee and one, and, you know, in Bantam, some of them have won. And it's nice to get them all together and, and talk about what we accomplished that year and to, to see it and be in minor hockey after being a major junior was uh, quite an experience. As we're recording this, uh, it's a Wednesday night going on 9 p.m. You're on your way to the rink for a practice uh, with the Sykes. It's a, it's a round-the-clock job, Brooksy. How do, you, how do you balance being a coach, even at the junior B level, having been through major junior as well, but with life, with family, with work, and everything else? You know what? It's a, it's a great question. Uh, great people, great support people. Like For me, it starts at home. My wife, Jessica, um, you know, she's very, she's my rock, really, like when it comes to this stuff. Um, she keeps me organized between the kids and the bees as to where I have to be, um, you know, with whether it's my daughters or my son um, at their hockey and then to, to practice after sort of thing. Um, to people at work, to BT Transport Group in Listowel, who, you know, I work for my father, Jim, he's the president. Um, you know, the, the the staff that I work with allowing me um, to take off maybe early to go to a road game, um, to pick me up when I'm not there, right, to pick up that slack. Um, you need a lot of good people. And then to say I have great people here in Listowel would be an understatement. Jesse Cole, Todd Norman, Mike Brooks, um, as a coaching staff, Jeremy Hayward as our goalie coach, um, to our training staff, Corey Burke, Brent Miller, uh, to our equipment, Mark Kennedy, 
you know, Mark Childerly. Like, these guys, they put their passion and heart and soul into it and make it easy for me because the guy that I wasn't doing, you're having to do video for hours and hours and hours, Mike, that you remember. I don't have to do anymore. I mean, I've taught these guys to do it and helped them do it and <laughs> want to teach them and help them just like Jeff Jackson, Dave Barr, Sean Camp did with me. It's got to be a nice feeling being the delegator now. <laughs> well, I'm not uh, going to lie. It is nice. Yeah, I don't doubt <laughs> it. Uh, you, you mentioned the long list of people on the Cyclones uh, hockey operations staff. You, I'm sure it's a, a, a somber time in Cyclone Nation, obviously with the passing of uh, Jim Scott. He was probably, or he was there for over 50 years uh, monitoring the penalty box, and I'm sure you ran into him when you were coming up as a youngster and then playing for the team and then now back coaching. Uh, what's the feeling around Cyclone Nation? Well, everybody's very sad and very hurt by the loss of Jimmy. Um, you know, he is a face that, that you you anticipated seeing up here. Um, you'd walk through the door and he'd have his hand extended to shake it and say hi and catch up real quick and ask how you were doing. Um, as I said in his uh, in an interview I did uh, for a newspaper, you know, Jimmy Jimmy told it like it was too. I mean, love him or hate him, he'd tell you like it is. We'd win a game, he'd shake my hand and say, great win, you guys stunk. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Jimmy, right? Like, I, I know we stunk. I didn't know you were coaching too, but <laughs> He, he was passionate, and that's what you loved about him. And, and for 50-plus years, to continue to come and, and to support the team and the organization and to want to, to be here all the time, I think is a pretty special thing. And, you know, another thing I said about him was he could smell the ice going in. It didn't matter the time of year. He seemed to know when the ice was going in, and he'd be up there. And we run our hockey school up here in Lissoul, you know, in August, and he'd be the first person in that building sitting in the stands waiting for the kids to go on the ice like you just knew hockey was back because Jimmy was there. We, we talked, Jason, about uh, about your health right off the top, and I'm, I'm so happy to, to hear that y- you are where you are uh, physically and how you're feeling. I remember, I'll, I'll never forget, uh, one of the games that uh, I was coming to at the Odd and you were walking in, and, and that's when your your back was the biggest issue. It was before anything else had uh, had happened. And I just, I remember how, how difficult it was for you to even walk into that barn, but there you were going in to, to coach that game. I, I wonder through all of this, uh, if hockey was instrumental to you, I mean, to, to, to have come back to the game the way you did after all the health difficulties and, and to, to stay with the Sykes while you were undergoing treatments, it, was that an instrumental part of your recovery, staying involved in the game? Yeah, it had to be. It had to be. Um, you know, that was one thing Jessica and I talked at home about was to stay involved if I could with the, the game, to take my mind off what was going on. And um, especially with the playoff run going on at the time, it was it was nice to come to the rink. Our team was very good. They all understood what I was going through. But the fact that I would show up, I think, meant the world to them. And they just went out and performed. Whether it was a practice or a game, they went out and did their best. Um, a lot of practices last year, If I told the assistants to stay home because we might just do a 30-minute skate between games, right? So they're driving an hour for a 30-minute skate, just stay home. I'd go out. I'd stand there. The team would run their own practice. I would, I would oversee it but they did all the talking. They knew all the drills. Um, like when I say it's a special group of players here, I mean it. Like as a coach, you can't get any better of a group than I've been fortunate enough to deal with the last two seasons. You mentioned that the the Cherry Cup run last year, and for people who don't know, you were going uh, down to London five days a week uh, for six weeks for treatment on the benign tumor. Um, 
and you, of course, because of that treatment, you couldn't drive yourself. You had you had a lot of people help out and uh, stand up. And what what do you think that says about uh, Listowel and the Cyclone family? Well, it's a great community. It's a great a great organization. It's a great family atmosphere. I mean, parents of players uh, gave me rides. Friends of mine gave me rides. The parents, the the team uh, personnel, fans donated gift cards and stuff to my family to help us, you know, with the travel, whether it be gas or restaurants or what have you. They didn't have to do that. They they just reached out. They felt they needed to and wanted to, to help us. And, I mean, it was a great feeling for my family. It was an emotional feeling for our family um, when we received a gift um, and all the support we received from people in the community a second to none. And, I, again, very grateful to be a part of this organization and the Cyclone family. I'm going to uh, admit something really embarrassing here, but I'll say it up front that it's going to be embarrassing. Uh, but I, I happen to be in Listy on Saturday. Do I have enough cred to call it Listy, by the way? Is that okay? Yeah, yeah Mike, you can call it Listy. Thanks, Brooksy. Appreciate it. Okay, yeah. so I was there on Saturday for one very specific reason, and that was the gala to kick off Patty Fest. I, Jason, I did not know until this past weekend that Patty Fest was a thing in Listowel. So my question to you, sir... I've already lambasted him for yeah, it. Yeah, I know. It, right? Like, it's embarrassing. I can't believe it. It's not like we're that far away. So right. how, do you, how do you balance a, a, another run for a Cherry Cup and Patty Fest at the same damn time? I mean, come on. Well, first off, last year, I didn't enjoy Patty Fest. I <laughs> enjoyed it from afar. And like, like this year, I hope the plan is the same, is that we get to enjoy it from afar. Um, Patty Fest has been on here, you know, forever and a day like before my time obviously coming into this world it was still going on before that so i know it's a special time here in town people in town get really excited about it normally local people mike around the area know about it and really enjoy it too um and you know now that you're in docker or introduced to it you can come down and enjoy the whole festivities and really enjoy it all right i'll do it on your behalf how's that <laughs> That's better because I'm, I'm going to be busy, hopefully, with hockey. Attaboy. <laughs> you, you were busy last year, obviously, winning the Cherry Cup. Did Going through the, the health stuff and then to come out as, as champion, when you're, you're on the ice and you guys have won, and I'm sure there was a moment between you and uh, your co-captain, Caleb Warren, who I believe, is it his parents, your family doctor? Yeah. yeah. What was that whole, like, seeing him, did it kind of bring everything full circle? You know, yes, but ironically, not because of the the tumor, not because of my health, not because of anything of that, because of year one being with players like Caleb Warren, being players like Blake Nickel, Keaton Willis, um, local kids who played that first year with me. um, I can say this, like I was really, really hard my first year and two on the local guys. Right. Because my goal for them was to make them the best players they could be, to wear the cyclone proudly and to be the best players that they could be, that kids could look up to, and that was my goal. And those those guys, it, it sounds goofy, but they're like family. Like I, I, I feel like I helped raise them for those four years, right? right. And, and, and so when you win a championship like that, and Caleb, seeing Caleb and... You know, Caleb was obviously a big supporter of my head, but to embrace him in the hug, to, to know we had won, and to know where the journey began that first year, that was the most meaningful. So some success last year, and hopefully some more this year. We're, we're on the push. Um, <laughs> yeah, and you, you, you've 
definitely changed the culture of what it means to be a listable cyclone. Are you, are you, I don't want to use the word content, but are you happy where you're at or is there still aspirations that, uh, to, to move up into major junior? Oh, or do you I'd know? Be, <laughs> you know what? I, I'd be lying to say the thought doesn't cross my mind about wanting to go back or what it would take or would it work. But in all honesty, I look at my life and where I'm at right now. I look at my home life. I look at my family, which is my center. You know, that's, mm-hmm. that's the most important thing for me is my wife and my kids. And if it worked out, I could go back to major junior and it didn't affect the family, then we consider it. But being here, having the ability to coach a junior team, as I said, in your hometown, in a new building, um, still being able to be involved in all three of my kids' teams because of that, um, watching them get to play, it's something that I cherish. It's something that I, I look forward to. Um, not that I don't miss coaching and love being back at that high level and being in the thick of things. But right now, where my life is at, this is where I want to be. I don't know a whole lot, but I do know that uh, late for practice is not a good look, especially for the head coach. Uh, so we'll let you get to practice. But, Brooksy, it's so great to catch up with you. Thanks for making time for us and, and continued success and continued good health. Thank you very much, and thanks for having me on. Very much appreciated, Brooksy. Thanks a lot. No problem, guys. Thank you. Best of luck to the Sykes, and uh, we'll have to make it out to a game here next round. Yeah, please do. All right, sure know when you're coming. I can't even imagine what our guest on this podcast is going through on a daily basis. Yeah, and the fact that he went through it all and stayed connected to the game. And, you know, I, I referenced that story. I remember it. I can still remember it vividly. I was coming in the Sterling Ave side of the odd for a broadcast, and there he was uh, coming into the rink, walking with a cane. And he, he looked so uncomfortable. He looked mm-hmm. to be in so much discomfort. And I had Brooksy, what the. You know, and, and he's just, whatever, he was a gamer. He wasn't going to um, not show up for a game. But I just think back to that, and, and that almost turns out to be the least of of his problems. Then the tumor comes after that. But uh, gutsy gamer and and a, a gentleman. Like, he's he's one of the gentlemen in this game. Uh, it, a true pleasure to talk to and, and to have worked with for the years that I did way back in Guelph in the early days. Six back surgeries in four years. When he was after he was done coaching in Niagara, and then throughout the whole benign tumor in his brain last year during the Cherry Cup run, as I mentioned, five trips a week from Listowel to London for six weeks, and he didn't miss one single practice or a game. That's commitment. Yeah, and I like, think how do you not as as a junior hockey player? How are you not going out there? Like no wonder they won. How do you not go out there and give a hundred and you know hundred percent every single shift? It's commitment, and I think it speaks to how much truth there is in what he says around the family aspect of, of the team, uh, of his wife and children, of the family business that he, he works for. All of those different things, the entire community mm-hmm. of Listowel. Let's be honest; it's uh, it's got a it's got something. It's it's got that je ne sais quoi. It's got that cachet. It's a special place. Call it what it is. It does, but I think Palmerston has it a little more. Palmerston. I'm just saying for unknown reasons. Shout out Chase Herford for the Cyclones. Palmerston boy. That's the reason why they're being so successful. Shout out to Listy. I'm coming for Patty Fest. I can't <laughs> believe in my years on this planet, I did not know about Patty Fest. With all due respect to the money that they raise for the community and all the events in the parade, I can't believe you didn't know either because it's a giant piss up. I, 
I understand this. I understand this now. And as I said, I will do my part on behalf of Jason Brooks and company. JoJo Mason playing and uh, the Washboard Union. A couple big concerts. Got the big parade. You got to go, man. It's a time. Well, I've been. And I, I've been, I was there for the well, gala. Yeah, so it's, the gala. it's time to, yeah, I got to keep I, going. I left that day right before the gala. Thank you couldn't goodness. be in Lissville at the same time. It's not allowed. <laughs> we can barely be in the studio at the same time. Good point. Uh, thanks a lot for listening. Uh, make sure to find uh, find other episodes of the podcast at 570news.com on the podcast app and all pod catchers, of course, on Twitter as well. At Farwell underscore OHL. And at underscore Chris Pope. I'm Farwell. I'm Pope. That's the Farwell and Pope podcast. The Podcast Super Friends is a monthly meeting of five podcast producers. Hi, I'm Catherine O'Brien from Branch Out Programs in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. I'm John Gay from Jagged Detroit Podcasts. I'm Matt Kundal from the Sound Off Podcast Network. I'm David Yes from Pod 617, the Boston Podcast Network. And I'm Johnny Peterson from Straight Up Podcasts. Together, they form the Podcast Super Friends, an alliance of podcast masterminds sharing best practices, insights, and discussions to help make you a better podcaster. Follow or subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or at soundoff.network. Another Sound Off Media Company podcast.